Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The NFL's 100th season kicks off tonight. Week two of college football season kicks off tomorrow night. Duke hosts North Carolina A&T in a matchup of in-state teams. David Cutcliffe knows the NFL ranks well just in one camp. It was his guy backed up by his guy at the same position. Eli Manning, the starting quarterback with the New York Giants. Daniel Jones of Duke, the backup quarterback, at least for now, with the New York Giants. David Cutcliffe joins us now. You can follow the Duke coach on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. He was the 2013 National Coach of the Year in college football. Great success at Tennessee as a coordinator at Ole Miss as the head coach when he had Eli, among others. Coach Cut, welcome back. How are you? I am doing well, David. I hope you are. Doing great. Excited about uh, all these levels of football ramping up now. Before we get into your Blue Devils, glancing back and forward, since you grew up in Alabama, which we think of as intensely college football territory in the 1960s and 70s, I mean, nowadays you're getting calls from the NFL all the time, but as a young man who loved football, was the NFL – really on your radar or was it like bear bryant and college football 24 hours a day yeah it was college football really 24 hours a day i would watch we didn't get much television you know and i'm i am that old i mean i would <laughs> occasionally get to see johnny unitas i mean it was all about quarterbacks for me uh then i mean at five years old uh, I wanted to be the pitcher, and I was the quarterback. And then I would take my ball and go home if the kids fought that. You know, <laughs> uh, and that's the truth. And you know, so I did pay attention to Bart Starr, of course, because uh, the Packers were a great team, and he's a former Alabama quarterback. But you know, it was not ever a passion. I've never dreamed of playing in the NFL or coaching in the NFL. I dreamed of pitching for the Yankees you know that you know yeah and baseball probably really was to some degree from a professional sports circumstance the most popular professional sport in that era the 50s and early 60s it's so funny you mentioned that story from being five years old because here we are roughly 60 years later for the early happy birthday to coach cut he turned 65 later this month uh, 60 years later, you truly can take the ball and go home. You're, like, you're, you're the guy with the whistle, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I was that serious, you know, and on the playground, I was such a bad sport. You know, when I got in the first grade, I thought that I was going to choose first every time, and I wanted three picks at a time. Well, you know what that's going to do. Uh, that's going to dominate every game, man. You got to win, you know, so – I think I haven't changed all that much. I'd love to get the first 20 picks in recruiting. How cool would that be? That'd be really cool. It's funny. That's one more thing you and I have in common. My dad says that I was not always, I was almost too competitive as a young boy. Uh, it took a while for that to balance out a little bit. Uh, you're responsible for the Blue Devils, of course, nowadays. Uh, but New York Giants fans are fascinated with both of your former QBs. What is your degree of communication with both Eli Manning and Daniel Jones? And, and what picture would you paint there, Coach, as you have some awkwardness surrounding Daniel Jones is truly one of the superstars of the NFL preseason. His numbers have been insane. And you know how this stuff goes. There's a chunk of Giants fans saying, hey, let the kid play, whereas Eli Manning supporters say, wait a minute, his body of work deserves more respect than that. 
Yeah, and and you know you you're going to hear noise. Um, and I'm texting with both of them, and I can tell you, you know, Eli really really likes Daniel. Uh, he was thrilled. We talked the night of the draft when they made the pick, and uh, you know he he'd already had a relationship with Daniel here, and also at the Manning Passing Academy. But but I mean Eli a lot of time here with Daniel, so. I think they they do great. They're getting along. I love the fact that they're both honest. Uh, Daniel said, I won't, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to play. I respect that. And I think that's one of the things that Eli respects about Daniel is that he is what he's advertised to be. What I will tell you about Eli is that he's extremely competitive. And he is so focused. And he loves the Giants organization. That's where people forget. He's invested his family life. He's invested everything into that organization. He's won two Super Bowls. Um, they're they're a little better around him now than they've been in a while. So I I can tell you from from day one before Daniel ever took a snap, Eli's focus was to have a phenomenal year, and he's in great shape. His health is good. He's throwing the heck out of it. But he's a he's an adult. I mean, he's been around a while. He knows he just got to go do it uh, on Sundays. And uh, I'm excited for the Giants, and certainly a Giants fan uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, let's see what happens. David Cutcliffe is with us. He was the two-time ACC Coach of the Year so far with the Duke Blue Devils, the SEC Coach of the Year during his time at Ole Miss, the National Coach of the Year six years ago in 2013. Some outsiders, Coach, who wish you and your Blue Devils well might take a perspective as you played Alabama in Atlanta. I mean, this is Nick Saban, the number two Crimson Tide, NFL talent all over the place. An outsider might might say the Blue Devils are probably going to lose I just hope they stay healthy to give them a better chance in these next 11 games and maybe more than that. You can't possibly take that point of view. So from your competitive eyes, what did you see from your team and what did you learn about your team, even if you did not like the 42-3 to scoreboard at the hands of Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I hated the 42-3 to final score. Um, here's, here's what we, we found out. Uh, I found out. We found out. Uh, we started well. Uh, we were focused. Um, we had not been consistent on offense or even as cohesive as we needed to be in camp. Uh, we so we did find out that some of those struggles were predictable. You're gonna, you don't practice at the highest of levels. You will be challenged. But even with that, our discipline was good. We didn't give the ball away. Um, we had chances. Uh, you you, you got to convert on fourth and one, and you know inside the the ten yard line. But if we had been able to sustain sixty minutes of that type of focus, effort, and and consistency, we would have found a way to win the game in the fourth quarter. I thought we would be more consistent than we were offensively. I will credit Alabama; they're they're actually better than I thought. They are physically, but here's what I didn't bargain for. We played hard. I'm, our guys played hard start to finish. I will give them credit. Yeah, it looked it. We did, but Alabama played harder. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, now you're talking about extra 
second and third effort, an unbelievable effort. I went into the team meeting and I showed our team the film of kicking, of off their offense, uh, their defense. And I wanted every aspect of our team. I didn't want the defense just to see the game from their perspective against their offense and vice versa with the offense. I wanted them to understand what a championship football team really looks like. And it is um, the old saying is that from a coaching perspective, when, when you lose, it is me. And it, and it was. We didn't, we didn't do what we needed to do. We, we were not the best coach team on the field. And then, but, but if it's just going up, you know, solid like it should, it's we. But when you have a championship football team, it's them. They just take over. It looked to me that Alabama's football team had enough people that were in that championship game, and they returned. Yeah. And they're not happy about it. But you can tell they are. I would go beyond com- committed. I would say they were compelled to play great. And so, Jake, you, you take talent out of the equation. When you play unbelievably hard, it's hard to make very many mistakes. And so hats off to them. They accomplished that, and we didn't. Look out college football. You put together that level of talent with what Coach Cutcliffe just described in terms of intensity and execution and third effort, et cetera. Last thing for you, Coach, glancing forward here, you have a 6 o'clock matchup Saturday at Wallace Wade Stadium with North Carolina A&T coming to town. You're aware, I think, of our big tailgate tour where we steal you for that uh, nice photo at least once a year. We all, we've learned a lot about NC Central, your Bull City neighbor, which you play sometimes, uh, but also A&T because they have what they call the Aggie Eagle Classic, and we bring our carnival to their game every year. So we know about the Aggies just like we know about the Eagles. And you've got to deal with the Aggies, and I'm not sure everybody understands what this uh, animal is all about, so to speak. They've won three of the last four HBCU national t- championships, and they're, they're basically in and around the national top ten of the FCS polls routinely at this point. That's your challenge on Saturday night. What are you seeing on video, and what are you communicating to your Blue Devils? Well, it's, 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 it's huge talent, and I'll tell you what they are. You just described them well. They're a championship program not just a championship team. You want to talk about when I finished the Alabama early in the morning before church, I started on uh, the Elon game. I had looked at A&T all summer, and uh, I kind of knew this, but, boy, it jumped off the tape. You're talking about playing hard and playing to win, and Elon's got a good football team. Yeah, It was a heck of a game, but these guys play harder. I mean, they play together well. They've got experience. Uh, I mean, face it, they are, we, we better play really well to, to win. I mean, we, we have got – and our players understand that. They, they're not I – mean, we watch tape. Yeah. So they've seen it. They play it in the kicking game. You know, listen, defensively, they had – nobody scored 30 points in the last 19 games. Mm. You have to go all the way back to 2017, to early in the season, to find a team that scored 30 or more. So this may be one of the more consistent teams, consistent programs, well-coached, but very talented. No 
no doubt about it. David Cutcliffe, that's the 6 o'clock matchup for his Devils. Saturday night, Wallace Wade Stadium. Get there if you can in person. It will be carried on the ACC Network Extra if you can't be there at Wallace Wade. Coach, uh, thanks as always for the visit and the stroll down uh, Amnesia Lane, as I like to call it. Good luck to your Devils on Saturday. Thank you, David. Take care. You too. 1-800-849-2761. You can always follow Coach on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. He is in year 12 as the leader of the Duke Blue Devils, a half century of mostly miserable results. Steve Spurrier's tenure was an exception to that. But over five decades, essentially, Duke football was downtrodden for the most part. David Cutcliffe has changed that tune dramatically. He has taken them to the ACC title game during his tenure in Durham, and he at this point has taken them after a long, long stretch with hardly any bowl appearances. He has taken the Blue Devils to bowls in six of the last seven seasons, and they have won the last three of those postseason games. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. We have NFL Week 1 on our mind. Packers at Bears get things rolling tonight. We have Week 2 in college football on our mind. Some of the biggest matchups of the national schedule involve teams in or near North Carolina. More on those stories. Plus, Team USA seeking gold medal one more time at the Basketball World Cup. It is a Essentially, our B team, after a lot of guys said no thank you to those USA basketball invitations. How is the B team doing in China? They played again earlier today. Updates there and the U.S. Open. You can join us with your question or comment. There are eight first-year head coaches in the NFL, so one quarter of the league. One of those eight, Matt LaFleur of Green Bay, makes his debut tonight at Chicago. Which of the eight, Bruce Arians of Tampa has gotten votes today, which of the eight new dudes has the best chance of making the kind of first-year splash that the Bears rookie coach of last year, Matt Nagy, made? He was the NFL coach of the year as the Bears went 12-4 and and made the playoffs. That was in his rookie campaign. Here are your options. Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland, Vic Fangio in Denver, Matt LaFleur, debut tonight for Green Bay, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase with the Jets, or Bruce Arians of the Bucks. Those are the eight new guys. Other questions we're pondering today. Will Andy Reid, who's had amazing success overall in Philly and KC, finally break through for that elusive Super Bowl ring? With the Chiefs this year, they are the Vegas favorites. Are the Cleveland Browns for real? It's just hard to comprehend the Browns as relevant. They have had one playoff trip in the last quarter century, but they're among the eight Vegas favorites right now in betting terminology. Are the Carolina Panthers and or the Dallas Cowboys playoff teams? And if not, will Ron Rivera and or Jason Garrett be able to keep their jobs? These are the points we're pondering. You can chime in on the other side with your question or comment. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. this is everything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. 
Our lines are open after three great, great guests for your NFL college football questions and answers of the day. We have a bunch of them lingering out there. Packers at Bears tonight. They kick off the 100th NFL season. That game will be on NBC. We've gotten a lot of questions on our statewide show today about what happens tonight, given that, by the way, the eye of Hurricane Dorian is still off the coast of South Carolina. But when you look at the bigger picture and the bands and the rain and the flooding and the winds, the eastern half at least of North Carolina is in the path of Hurricane Dorian, and some people in the eastern part of our listening audience are already in some difficult circumstances. We're getting a quest questions from sports fans about what happens tonight when the NBC folks are carrying Packers at Bears. Game one, Bears were a playoff team last year. Former UNC star Mitch Trubisky is their starting quarterback. They have some of the most fun players to watch, including Khalil Mack. They're projected to be a playoff team by most again this year. You got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers coming to town. It's the NFL's oldest rivalry. You have Matt LaFleur, the Packers' brand-new coach, hoping to become the surprise rookie coach that Matt Nagy of the Bears was a year ago. One of our questions of the day, which of the eight new NFL head coaches will have the biggest immediate impact? Well, Matt Nagy of Chicago was a great answer to that question last year. Will it be Matt LaFleur of Green Bay? Will it be Bruce Arians of Tampa? Will it be one of the other six? We'll see. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. The best we can do in response to the questions that you're giving us today what happens with my local NBC affiliate somewhere in North Carolina? Well, there are not many, and Darren, you've been with me four years. I think it's fair to say that 95-plus percent of what comes down the sports radio pike, we can give the same answer to you, whether you're listening in Asheville, Boone, Charlotte, Winston-Salem to our west, or Wilmington, Greenville, somewhere else to our east, like – this rarely complicates our conversation, but in this particular case, you're asking us about what your NBC affiliate is going to do tonight. I don't know how many there are across North Carolina, but for example, when you turn on NBC in Charlotte, you're seeing a different channel than if you turn on WRAL in the Greater Triangle area and just a huge, huge, long-time influential channel here in central and eastern North Carolina in particular, right? So whatever the answer is, that is not the same for everybody. So that complicates things a little bit. The only other thing I'll say as WREL, and I think you looked up some of these details, Darren, you can tell me exactly what you f saw. Of course, if you're in s the central to western parts of our state, you're barely affected by this weather especially sort of you know triad and west charlotte and west yeah some of you are getting rain some of you are getting wind but this is an extreme situation at the coast it's a difficult situation for somebody like my son's a student at ecu right they've already canceled classes for tomorrow they're in low-lying areas which are more prone to flooding right so some people to the west are shrugging their shoulders saying what's the big deal give me my football game so those right at the Atlantic Ocean are saying, talk football, football. It's like Jim Mara using the playoffs word. Playoffs, playoffs, football. I'm boarding up windows and you're asking me about Packers and Bears. So the answer varies tremendously over what is that drive from the coast to the Tennessee border? I mean, it's a long darn drive. If you're toward the latter part of that drive, leaving Wilmington, 
you're shrugging your shoulders, and in all likelihood out west, your NBC affiliate is giving you, as scheduled, Packers at Bears tonight. If you're at the coast, football ain't on your mind. And if you're in the middle, it may be bothersome. We've gotten calls, why aren't, why isn't WREL, for example, carrying Packers at Bears as scheduled? Well, I'll tell you this as a business person who is not an expert by any means on local television and ratings and such at all. Those who are, uh, you can certainly chime in if you'd like. But I do know this. Certain things are bonanzas in terms of ratings. There's a sad human element that is, you know, depressing at times, especially given some of the horror stories we've seen in eastern North Carolina with hurricanes over the years. In terms of ratings... What are you more likely to tune into your local TV station more than an extreme weather situation? I can't say that I watch an extraordinary amount of local TV, but whatever my favorite local TV station is, and most people have, you know, that weather person they love the most. It might be Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel on cable. It might be this person or that with your favorite local TV station. I do know with certainty that among the peaks of local TV stations' ratings are extreme weather circumstances, right? So can you really be mad at your NBC affiliate if they're speaking to an incredibly broad audience who in the affected portions of North Carolina cares about a hurricane? Wouldn't that be close to 100% of the population? Like 100% of your target market has at least some interest in whether it's an extreme emergency, something less than that. Did the eye veer out to the Atlantic and away from the coast? Did it veer toward the coast? I mean, there's all sorts of variables in the cone of uncertainty, and you need to rely on somebody, right? So 100% of your NBC affiliate target market, 100% of people care. Now, the diehard football fan may care even more about the Packers and the Bears if they're not right at the coast and boarding up windows or in a life-threatening situation or something close to that. But I, I can't fault, as a business person who's worked in the media, news, sports, and otherwise, for over 30 years, I can't fault them for serving their audience in a way that's not only philosophically wise – As much as we love football, it's not life or death. And for some, this has already been life or death, right? This has killed people. Ask the Bahamas. So I'm not going to take a shot at an affiliate that makes these judgment calls. It is, quote, unquote, only a Category 2 hurricane. We can celebrate that. It beats the heck out of a Category 5. But I do know that in WRAL's case, and again, you have different NBC carriers in different parts of our syndicated audience, at least I get multiple channels. So, like, I don't know the terminology, right. man. They, I'm so they, bad they, at this stuff. But, like, there's a, there's a WRAL 2? Correct. Okay. And that's the channel that they have decided to move the tonight's NFL game to. There so, you go. in most cases, I think if you get WRAL you have access to WR. I, I know even with an HD antenna, as me being the cord cutter that I am, I use so an HD antenna would... locally. Even I, uh, now you're not picking anything up with an antenna in severe weather like this. Right. But e- even I would have access on a clear day to WRAL2 with just an antenna 
getting very, very public access to that channel. Six or more inches of rain in some parts of our syndicated audience. 100-plus mile-an-hour winds in some parts of our syndicated audience. UNC Wilmington has been closed all week long. My daughter was supposed to take a college campus visit there today, and the lovely and talented Maria and she had to cancel that given that UNC Wilmington shut down for the most part. Anthony is celebrating no classes tomorrow at ECU, but again, the, for, the closer you are to the Atlantic Ocean, basically, rule of thumb, uh, the more danger and jeopardy that you are in. So our best wishes to everybody. Football is a secondary concern for many. Uh, selfishly, for college football fans, all of this stuff is going to be gone by the time everybody plays this weekend, right? So the highlights of the weekend include, for example, I I'm seeing pretty scary video off the coast of South Carolina right now where the eye of the hurricane is. Clemson plays in the biggest college football game of the weekend at home. Now, Clemson's not at the coast, but by Saturday at 3.30, number 12 Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher against number one Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, they do not have any weather concerns related to a hurricane. And similarly, when the Miami Hurricanes visit UNC on Saturday night and we're there with the big tailgate tour, there are going to be no such weather concerns. We will be surrounded by hurricanes, though, Darren. Did you know that? <laughs> I see what you did there. Storm Squad Gina and Storm Squad Keeley. Be best I understand, I mean, there's borderline cat fights. Who gets to accompany DG and Darren to this big tailgates tour stop or that one, right? I mean, I'll, I'll bet you it gets kind of crazy in there. There's probably Gina and Keeley won whatever happened. I don't know if there's blonde hair strewn all over the dressing room after the throwdown, but they are the two Storm Squad members assigned to us for the big tailgate tour stop in Chapel Hill. Come see us on Franklin Street. We'll be there set up with our tents, games, prizes, DG Show t-shirts, and other giveaways at on East Franklin Street in front of the University United Methodist Church, right across from Sutton's Drugstore and Four Corners. We're there from 4.30 to 7.30. It's a three-hour extravaganza. We always do it so that if you come see us at any time in that three-hour window, you are still left with time to get over to Keenan Stadium for what in this case is an 8 o'clock kickoff. Mac Brown, on our show and elsewhere, put out an APB to Carolina football fans. He wants everybody in their seats by 7.30 for the 8 o'clock kick. He wants to bring back one of the better atmospheres that Carolina football has ever had. I was there at many of those games in 1996 and 1997 when he had the Tar Heels in the, bat, the national top 10 of the final polls, double-digit win totals, 11-1 the year he got hired away by the Texas Longhorns. Loudest I've ever seen Keenan Stadium, and I have been going there and to every other venue in this state at some point over the last 33 years. It was rock to the foundation loud when Bobby Bowden and the Seminoles brought one of the highest-ranked teams in the country to Keenan Stadium, and the Tar Heels were also at that moment somewhere in the national top 10. It turned out to be the only game the Tar Heels lost that season in an 11-1 campaign that was one of the best records in the history of Carolina football and still remains that 22 years later. Those games and any others are not going to be impacted by Hurricane Dorian. We wish everybody well to our East especially as they deal with Dorian 
as we speak. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. How is our B team doing in China at the World Cup of Basketball? And what are your answers to our NFL questions of the day? Is this the year Andy Reid, who's done everything there is to do as an NFL head coach except win the Super Bowl, is this his year to finally break through and get that elusive Super Bowl ring as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs? They are the Vegas favorites. Are the Panthers and the Cowboys playoff teams? And if they're not, will Ron Rivera and or Jason Garrett keep their jobs? And with tonight's matchup in mind, we're thinking quarterbacks and we're thinking coaches. Which of the eight new head coaches will have the biggest immediate impact? Matt LaFleur of the Packers hopes to be the answer to that question. There are seven other options. And what young quarterback is ready to take an otherwise well-built team to the next level? Philly hopes Carson Wentz is the answer to that question. Dallas hopes Dak Prescott is the answer to that question. And tonight, the Chicago Bears get their first glimpse at the 2019 version of Mitch Trubisky. The former UNC star has been a caretaker to this point as a high first-round draft pick. The Bears need a little bit more than that at the QB position if they're going to build upon what was a very strong 12-4 and campaign for Matt Nagy last year. Your thoughts, questions, and comments on the NFL and college football weekend to come. The 100th NFL season starts tonight. Packers at Bears on NBC. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I I hope it's not awkward. (laughs) Um, You know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. One thing I promised, and then we'll get to your calls on the NFL. Packers at Bears tonight. They're kicking off the 100th NFL season. College football week two is almost here. Games tomorrow night. Wake Forest is at Rice. UVA hosts William & Mary. That'll be on the ACC Network. The big day, of course, is Saturday. Texas A&M at Clemson. LSU at Texas. They are all top 10 teams or close to it. Someone must win. Someone will fall by the wayside, at least for the foreseeable future. Elsewhere, the most interesting games I can find include number 5 Ohio State hosting Cincinnati. That's a pretty good AAC team taking on the Buckeyes at their place. Number 7 Michigan hosts Army. You haven't often thought about Army as too dangerous in recent decades, but remember they scared Oklahoma last year, and they're good again this year. Army at number seven, Michigan. Number 21, Syracuse, the only other ACC team ranked besides Clemson, goes to Maryland. Maryland has a chance to be good this year. Meanwhile, if you're into watching train wrecks by the side of the road, BYU visits Tennessee. Tennessee lost to Georgia State in its opener. If BYU beats the Volunteers there at UT, it's going to get really, really ugly for Jeremy Pruitt. Miami is at UNC, as we've mentioned. In-state matchups include A&T at Duke. Thanks to David Cutcliffe for dropping by. The Charlotte 49ers and the App State Mountaineers are two of the seven FBS teams here in the great state of North Carolina. They are going head-to-head, 49ers at Mountaineers. Last week, it was Pirates at Wolfpack with NC State dominating. Most expect App 
of the Sun Belt to dominate Charlotte of Conference USA. We'll see if it works out that way. First-year head coaches in both on both sidelines, Eli Drinkwitz for App State and Will Healy for the Charlotte 49ers. 1-800-849-2761. As we welcome your NFL answers to the questions of the day, will Andy Reid finally break through with the Super Bowl ring this time? The Chiefs are the favorite in Vegas. Are the Cleveland Browns for real? We're getting more no's than yeses so far today. Which of the eight new head coaches will have the biggest immediate impact? Not a lot of love for Matt LaFleur as the Packers visit the Bears tonight. More for Bruce Arians in Tampa. We'll see if it's an immediate impact or it takes a little longer, but he's the most impressive resume, I think, of the eight new guys. And what young quarterback is ready? We're going to learn more about former UNC star Mitch Trubisky. Is he just the caretaker and game manager of previous years, or is he something better than that as the Bears think they have the defense it takes to go even further than last year's 12-4? and four? They think they have the offense to do it if they get better quarterback play from Mitch Trubisky, their high first-round pick out of UNC. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The one thing I promised is from the other side of the world, Team USA sent its B team to the second most important international basketball event in the world. You all know the Olympics are every four years. Team USA wins it every four years on the men's side, with only a few exceptions. The World Cup, used to be called World Championship, is also every four years. It is the second most. It's kind of flip flips the soccer world. Soccer would be World Cup matters the most. Olympics matters among the second most. Basketball is the opposite. Olympics, most people treat with the most seriousness. World Cup is kind of the 1B in terms of these international competitions. Now, the USA earlier today, spoiler alert, crushed Japan as expected, 98-45. to 45. Hachimura, one of the top players for Team Japan. Team USA's B team, we're saying that because more than 20 NBA players turned down USA basketball with those invitations as Greg Popovich of the Spurs takes the torch from Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and yet has a watered-down roster. Turkey almost beat Team USA earlier in this World Cup. It would not have eliminated the Americans because they're still in group play, but it went to overtime if Turkey had hit a free throw down the stretch. If uh, Ersan Ilyasova had hit a three at the buzzer, it would have been... Adios and that 40-plus game winning streak for Team USA in men's basketball, the national, the senior national team, if you will, would have ended right there. Instead, it's at 45 games in a row and counting, but folks are wondering, will this B team be enough to get yet another gold medal to keep this 45-game winning streak into even bigger numbers? The win today was expected. The way the World Cup does things is a little funky the World Cup of Soccer, you go straight from group, group stage, and how well you do there, of course, determines if you advance to the knockout stage. It also determines your slot. So the better you do, you can sometimes get a lesser opponent in the round of 16. The World Cup of Basketball actually has a group stage round one followed by a group stage round two followed by the knockout stage, which is really all that matters for the best teams. You know the Americans are going to make the knockout stage. But since they won all three of their first round games, they know that they will be in round two, and they also know that they will be grouped with, among others, Greece and Brazil. So now of the 32 teams at the World Cup of Basketball, half of them had no chance. The other, I don't know, maybe the top 10 think they can win, especially since Team USA sent 
essentially its B team. I mean, Kemba Walker is there. Harrison Barnes is there. Former Duke star Jason Tatum representing the Blue Devils. Barnes, of course, the former Tar Heel. Donovan Mitchell of Utah is a really good player, formerly of Louisville. But it is a B team. Most NBA All-Stars said no. So the question becomes, once you get to a pool play or a knockout stage matchup against these other top 10 teams in the world. And there are other really good basketball playing countries where our A team would beat them handily, but our B team might not and went to overtime again against Turkey. Do you know who leads Greece as Team USA takes on Greece in their first matchup of the second round in what they call pool play? That would be Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the best players in the NBA as we speak. He didn't say no to his country when Greece came calling. So it will be the USA grouped with Brazil, Greece, and the Czech Republic. Yes, the Americans are still the favorites. But no, our country's B team will not automatically beat the A teams of the other 10 or so best basketball playing countries in the world. A few more games of this group play part two, and then it gets real. Does Greg Popovich really want to take the baton from Coach K, who just delivered gold medal after gold medal, first place after first place, win after win in major international events? Does he want to be like the Larry Brown? Larry Brown is the guy who 15 years ago was the head coach as the Americans fell short of a gold medal. That's the example. There, there are not many examples in the last 30 years since our country decided to start sending professionals to these international competitions. We win everything in men's basketball. We didn't win in 2004, and a lot changed as a result, including as USA Basketball was led by Jerry Colangelo and Mike Krzyzewski. They clearly got the train back on the tracks, and it is a freight train. We almost never lose a game over a 30-year period. 2004 was an exception, and many are wondering if 2019 will be another exception given the number of guys who said no. We're about five days away, I think, from knockout stage basketball. Only eight teams make the knockout stage the way they do it in the World Cup of Basketball. The Americans will be one of those eight. What happens then against the other seven best in the world? Your guess is as good as mine, but I'm telling you, for the last 30 years, Team USA has typically been the ranch, farm, and dog special at the betting window. No more. One more reason to watch, perhaps, as the World Cup of Basketball unfolds, even as football is taking over the American sports fans' mindset. 1-800-849-2761. We will have final thoughts, TV picks, and a few reminders about the Packers' trip to Chicago tonight. New quarterbacks, or young quarterbacks, in the case of Mitch Trubisky and others around the NFL all weekend. New head coaches in the case of Packers coach Matt LaFleur. More on the unique way he got his job with Green Bay and the role reversal in the Packers-Bears rivalry, which is the oldest in NFL history. Those thoughts as we come down the stretch. And, of course, your daily reminder of the best picks from the sports TV menu. That's as we come down the stretch next on The David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome yeah. back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand yeah. down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. <laughs> 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 
That's a vibe. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Some final thoughts and TV picks. As we wish you well with Hurricane Dorian. And as we celebrate the return of NFL football in the form of Packers at Bears. 100th NFL season kicks off tonight. More on the rest of those matchups, including Rams at Panthers, if you're with us tomorrow on Free For All Friday. The Green Bay Packers hired a football coach in a way that I wouldn't even hire a sports radio producer. Darren Vaught, you may not know all the lengths I went to before hiring you four years ago, but I can promise you, you probably didn't think I would call Teresa Keller from Emory and Henry University, <laughs> did you? You just thought her name was on your resume somewhere. Right. You didn't think I'd call her. <laughs> did you find my, out that I... my former academic advisor, a professor of mine, and she uh, also was general manager of the student um, radio station or the campus and community radio station where I called a lot of sporting events uh, did, did when you I was ever, much younger. Did you ever know that I talked to her to this moment? Did you know? Did no, I she you? had mentioned it. All right. Yeah, but I, I don't know to what other lengths. I mean, I've uh, she was one of, what, probably three, four references. I never heard from any of them. I so. turned over rocks. <laughs> I'm not saying that I interviewed, you know, the proverbial janitors from your high school hallways, <laughs> the way football coaches talk about how they, you know, get into the details with the prospects that they're pursuing. Right. However, I can tell you, it took me longer than three hours to dig through the bones and skeletons in your closet. Same with Pervar and Jared Brooks way back in the day. Mark Murphy, the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers, essentially hired the guy you'll see tonight as the Packers visit the Bears as one of these eight rookie coaches in the league. Matt LaFleur was hired on the basis of a three-hour presentation. The Packers went through ten different interviewees, and when they introduced Matt LaFleur, this past January 8th, I think it was, as their guy, they did it after revising their current plan. You know what it usually is in the NFL and, I don't know, 90% of the other business contexts that I know. You, you talk to the 10, you narrow it to a few, you bring the few back with different questions and maybe a different board of decision makers, and then you announce the hire. Nope, Mark Murphy and the Packers just went – uh, Matt LaFleur knocked their socks off in three hours and they decided there was no need for round two. The other nine kind of came and went without great distinction. <laughs> That's my guy. That is how Matt LaFleur got that job. As you see the Packers visit the bears quick reminder is that of course is our sports TV highlight tonight. Don't be mad at WRAL. There's a natural disaster happening to our state risking the lives of people. Their secondary channel will have Packers at Bears. It's important to them to serve their community this way for a lot of different reasons. Remember that football, as much as we love it, is not quite life and death. Shout out to Charlie Mickens of ABC 11. He just celebrated his 30th anniversary with that news outlet. He is one of our favorites. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.